If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. Hi, it's Tony Brisky from Real Ghost Stories Online, inviting you to subscribe to our other podcast called The Grave Talks. It's where I sit down and interview individuals who've had extreme paranormal situations happen to them in their lives. Just search The Grave Talks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to press subscribe and give us some stars to help spread the word that this show exists. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks... Exorcism. Nightmares, witchcraft, exorcism, and curses. Not exactly words anyone thinks of when describing a relationship. However, for Lee Moore, this is exactly what he dealt with when a woman he was dating wanted to end the relationship. Rather than a healthy breakup, Lee became the victim of a curse to drive him away. Dismissing this as an elaborate way to end the relationship, he thought nothing of it. Lee moved on and fell in love with a new wife. He began a new life, only to find that this curse was all too real and never left him. Subsequently, Lee experienced unexplained trauma and torture that nearly ended his life. With the help of spiritual warrior and exorcist couple Kenneth and Farrah Deal, Lee was able to banish the curse and these demons from his life. This is his story. Kenneth and Farrah Deal join us today to discuss exorcism. If I start on that, uh, Farrah, you might have to jump in and uh, and fill the details. Some of this stuff gets sketchy when it's his account. I'm before good at we enter. you. Yeah, so we'll be like a tag team. Well, just just team. to let you know how yeah. how we do things, uh, you know, to set the tone for your listeners as well as yourself, so that you can follow the timeline. When we are, when we get a call, we're usually handed off cases by reliable investigators, by the church, by pastors, by other people that know that we have the tools to get to the heart of the problem, and we recognize demonic footprints almost instantly um, because we work in the Office of uh, Spiritual Warfare and Exorcism. And that's how this one started. This whole case was a handoff because somebody thought this is this is appearing dark the elements are starting to be dark and we're not sure we can deal with this so ken and i when we handle an investigation we usually do not need somebody's life story we don't need the history of your house we don't need to know you know the last four generations whether they were freemasons whether they were satanists we need to know what has happened to you in the last 72 hours and how have you dealt with it because the footprints will be there yeah the footprints will be there so we're, we're almost like you know somebody walking very quietly through the woods listening for the intruder and that's how we deal with these things. So the case was peeling back the layers of an onion to find out the source, because we cannot attack 
the problem until we find the source. And this is how this case got so horrendously bad was because the person that handed us the case didn't give us all the details. Okay. So then you can take it from there. Yeah, and yeah, the back is eventually what we go to, but we can get so much out of it. We approach it like a police style interview, and I'm not saying this is detective, not police, because every you know, there's a lot of people out there. Oh, I'm an ex-cop, so I'm qualified to be a, dem- a demonologist. But if all that's not true, if you were an ex-detective, you would have that methodical thinking. And being a, an ex-cop just means you know how to file the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You ask the questions, you know, and just give them to the detective. You get the initial on-the-scene investigation stuff, which is not really an investigation. Oh, someone broke into the house at 3 a.m. and they got this little notebook. That's why I don't have a big one. They don't take pictures unless someone was murdered. So that that's important to mention. So it's like the methodical thing of uh, sometimes looking for uh, what shouldn't be there first instead of the other way around, like Sherlock Holmes' method of de- deduction. He had a girlfriend, and uh, apparently uh, she didn't. He's a nice guy. She didn't know how to get rid of him. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> her girlfriend uh, was a witch, and she says, I know how to get rid of him. And they did a spell on him to uh, to break it up. And so it goes back to that because some things revealed themselves later, as you'll you'll discover. Uh, the episode was originally called uh, the, the Love Curse or Love Curse. I think it was just called Love Curse for those who wanted to look it up. Or, you know, I think it. it's still available on YouTube. Yes, it's called Love Curse. Yeah, whatever season, I can't remember that part of it or not. <laughs> well, Love Curse is pretty unusual, but it's very common, yeah. too. So. And this is where it gets sketchy, because this part where he goes up and he, I realize he had this uh, horrific dream. I don't remember the timeline for his story as well, um, unless I would watch the show again, which we haven't since it came out on DVD when they sent us We don't watch copy. our shows anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what can what can you fill on on that part there? Because I think the uh, most important yeah. thing to think about, and and as far as a timeline goes, is that for whatever reason, even though you know he knew that he was unwanted and that he found out that his girlfriend wanted to dump him, and his girlfriend's friend, a witch, had lit candles and set about casting spells so that you know he would dump her. That didn't really occur to him as to be a problem so much as other things that were currently going on. And that's how sometimes when we enter into a case, people are only seeing the periphery of three feet outside of them when actually it's about 12 feet away. And that's how we found out about this at a later time was he had already had a curse placed on him. And as anyone working in spiritual warfare or demonology understands, that curse doesn't have to happen today. It doesn't have to happen next month. It could happen five months. It could happen 50 years from now. That's the interesting thing about demons. They don't have a timeline like we do. So we, when we tend to think that these supernatural beings do have a timeline, that's where we're limited and that's where we get stuck. So this thing that had basically manifested itself had its roots in this original curse and was not actually discovered until he was on death's door. So, as, so at that point, was he aware, and I, I want to find out how he got to death's door, but did it take getting to that point to realize a curse had been placed on him, or did he find out that the ex-girlfriend did this in the course of the breakup? It was actually hmm. in the course of the breakup, and he hmm. blew it off because, one, 
He's a good Christian man. Two, he doesn't believe in curses. And like most people that don't believe in voodoo, he kind of blew it off. He didn't think anything of it. Okay. And we didn't find out about this until, was it from his mother in the emergency room? Because yeah. it was not from the initial investigative group. Yeah, he told us about the dream and that sort of thing. And I think things got revealed later on. But yeah, one of the things about this, like, okay, they, they designed, they sent a hitman, is the, you know, the, the girl, they do the ritual together. They sent a hitman to do a job. That's to get him away from her, to break him up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do it by making him sick, really sick. Sometimes they, cancer shows up. That definitely takes you out of life or something. In this case, the job was done, but the demon was not ordered away. The curse wasn't broken. So he's hanging on there waiting for the perfect opportunity when he can maybe do more, even, even though the original um, goal has already been accomplished. They just don't leave and come back like a hitman. Even a hitman's nicer than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's... Uh, um, the, they, they use one of his articles of clothing, and then he reveals it's a dream. Um... It was like that he was, and there was a uh, some monstrous looking uh, being in there, a demonic being, and that he was, you know, dealing with it. And one point or another, he slammed it outside the front of his house and it stabbed him with a long sword through the door, through his gut. We call that like uh, the point of entry. It's usually in, you know, an organ or something like that. And whenever when uh, these deliverances occur on a person where it's oppression and possession, they might have a sign of departure a lot and double over in pain where they remember uh, getting that pain it's 3 a.m. in the morning waking up. It's like they entered and they don't enter like a giant body would. It could be a small, like, let's say a rodent burrow that's way in, you know, after a knife had, uh, you know, uh, made an incision. So um, with that dream, I can't remember the details of the dream other than that I considered that was a point of entry. We focused on that. Not really so much why. You know, like about this, um, but we noticed uh, when we got called in by another investigator, we'll just say, who ended up being uh, uh, that uh, that woman, woman with the crystal wand, that he was having oppression, and uh, and the house was infested. So uh, details on that, fair as the is uh, is when it starts to get smoking, and that was right before we came there. It was already in progress. Some of them was just like the, uh, the the girl was pregnant. That's his wife. And then uh, she was pregnant. She got shoved in the backyard. So when you got two people telling you the same stories that are lining up and they talk in their And neither one, yeah. one of them is taking any medication. Neither one of them have ever been admitted for psychiatric difficulties. Neither one of them mm -hmm. have ever had hallucinations. They're both of sound mind, of sound reason. <clears throat> they both hold wonderful jobs. They're both, you know, they're a young couple in love. You know, they yeah. just got their house and they're they're living their life and they're telling you these things are going on. And uh, for whatever reason, the investigator can't figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Come to find out that, you know, when we get there, the invest, the so-called investigator had supposedly told him there was demons in the house and had bound a demon into the mirror in the back room. And there was another point of, uh, shall we say, capture in a side building that this person said, well, you know, you've got another demon. I'm just going to take my magic wand and put it in there too. Well, we had to explain to the kids that if you are Christian, you cannot allow any kind of necromancy or magic on your property. And yeah. we had to try and dismiss, you know, this person and these activities. 
and help them um, clear their house up. The activity stopped for a little while, and then this person stops by again and says, well, I had a feeling when I drove by, I saw more things in your yard, so I stopped by to help you again. Boom, stuff starts happening. And this is when we have to come in and do a second round of cleanup and tell them that you can't open the door to these people. Mm-hmm. If somebody's insisting on crossing your threshold, it's going to be a problem mm-hmm. because they keep, th- this is what we tell people. All right. When you go to the doctor and you have a virus, you have a bacterial bunch of stuff growing inside of you, you go and you get what you get antibiotics. When you have hung out with witches, Satanists, necromancers, magicians, what happens? Their cockroaches jump on you called little invitational demons so you need anti-demonics now either you take a couple days of anti-demonics and it gets worse because the demonics come back twice as bad or you take your full course and you fight it off if you need a second round you take a second round but if you don't take your anti-demonics it's guaranteed that more cockroaches are going to be invited to the party and it will get worse Mm-hmm. So these kids were so young and impressionable and so sweet, and they really did not want their sleep disturbed, the nightmares, um, the touching. Um, it was literally not leaving their property. Yeah, this uh, um, an interesting note that wasn't even brought up in the original, and that's probably what some of the people would look for in an interview like yes. this, is that, you know, he was on uh, Lita's team, you know, the woman we were speaking of. Mm-hmm. She, he was on her he was paranormal team. He was originally on the team. That's right. And they both yeah. quit, and she was mad. Okay. Yeah. She was very. So that mad. didn't help, and that's part of it too. And then, so he ended up oppressed, almost possessed, where he lost consciousness a few times, but didn't get the, you know possession symptoms overall. But he he could have been there. But we we understand as the, as it goes on, the story goes on, that this contributed to the whole thing by being in proximity to this woman. And working with, uh, I don't think anybody else in the team was was in that. It's hard to say on that because we didn't go any further when we found what we needed to do. But there were some things like the table rose up and it dropped. I don't know how high it rose up, maybe about uh, four feet and just dropped on the ground. That's pretty uh, abnormal activity. Uh, and when we were there, you know, shoving somebody over who's an adult, is uh, it takes a, a pretty good amount of force. It's not throwing them off balance. It's just shoving them over. So this is a, a more kind of a violent um, uh, spirit instead of just the shadows, which they had, you know, the shadows at the corner of your eyes, you're standing there and you see a shadow go into the other room. And we spent an extra amount of time on that room. We went in the house to um, put up some uh, uh, holy water and so forth. And um, she, uh, but the, uh, the part of that is, is what plays into a little bit when she, um, uh, I think she just became kind of, um, what do you call it, disgruntled a bit because we went over there. We didn't even do the yard yet. We did the house, and he, she kept doing this thing. She did it about two or three times, right, Fair, where she kept coming over. Yeah. Oh, no, the demons are here. And he said, hey, it's fine. I'm sleeping great. Everything's good. No, they're here. She comes in there with her little magic toolkit or whatever. She does it again, and they came back again. He says it's back. So we went over. We did the yard this time. Um, and he said he saw a face looking at him in the, in the window. And I said, okay, we'll get the yard too. The seriousness yeah. of this case was that this girl was pregnant mm-hmm. and baptized. That yeah. was deadly serious for her child. 
I hope you enjoyed your 15-minute preview of our new podcast, The Grave Talks. Be sure to subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts to not miss any episode of the show. New episodes every single Monday. Just search for The Grave Talks and then press subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it and some stars that will help us grow in the rankings and let other folks know that the show exists to make an even better show for you. The Grave Talks. Check it out at thegravetalks.com. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.